back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by my co-host Casey. What a weekend it has been. We got a lot to cover. Yeah, we do. Uh, a lot to cover and a lot of shoveling that I did here, Marlo. How, uh, yes. how about you? I know that I'm a little closer to the lake than you are, and that's where uh, it, it seemed like most of the snow came. But uh, we had, I think, 9 to 10 inches here. Uh, we dug out. We're all right. Um, didn't have too much going on, so we had, were able to take our time and dig it ourselves out. But uh, here we are, undug, and uh, luckily stayed inside. Had to stay inside today and watch a lot of the sports. Let me let me tell you something. We have about four or six inches. Yeah. We are not undug. No. Uh, <laughs> it still has, has been untouched. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be touched. I just hope it gets melted away. There's yeah. been talk of getting a plowman, and it's just talk. <laughs> uh, I also got, I got I got sucked into the it's going to be a mild winter, uh, yeah. Earlier in the fall, yeah. And was, did not purchase the snowblower. Oh, and yeah, now I'm regretting it. So well, I've I uh, I do have a snowblower. It is not operational though, and <laughs> I should say that the way that my driveway and I guess house are situated, it, the it creates more or less a wind tunnel. So I have a part of my driveway that literally there's no snow, but it creates, I would say that the mound was mm, four feet high. Uh, luckily, it was a light snow, uh, so it wasn't too bad, but it's it was uh, an undertaking to to get up. But I think your plan's good, Marlo, as long as you don't plan on going anywhere until until like March. <laughs> you, should be, you should be fine. You just stay hunkered down until March, and then you know, when the snow finally melts, you'll, you'll be all right. I think we're getting more snow this week, so it could be a while. Yeah. It's freaking mild winter. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> snow just coming. Today was like negative there we five go. degrees. But that's enough about our yeah. our beautiful yeah. Midwest weather. I'm sure everyone everyone loves that, especially everyone hey. out in California. That's right. Uh, we got a little bit of sports. A little sports happened this week. Yeah, uh, for sure. I guess let's start with the most... Pressing most press, uh, present, yeah, uh, present in our memory, uh, with the NFL, Marlo. We had championship Sunday, um, championship Sunday, which I feel like usually is a bit of a letdown. Usually, yeah. we have the two, you know, the wild card weekend and the divisional weekend. We have four games, you know, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. We have a lot of opportunity for there to be bad games, but also chance for more of a chance for there to be good games. Um, but then we get a championship Sunday. There's only two games. It's only on Sunday. And if they're not good, man, does it stand out. But it, that was definitely not the case this year. Yeah, that was not the case. It also was the first Saturday there wasn't meaningful football on in since like August. Yeah. And I got up Saturday. I was like, I don't, what do I do? Not yeah. shovel the driveway? Um, and, and, and <laughs> yeah, I, didn't I didn't know what excuse I know. can I give to not shovel the driveway? I don't understand. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch basketball, which I'm just not ready for yet. So, but yeah, championship Sunday was here. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously not having a dog in a race, but I was excited to have excited games who was going to go to the Super Bowl. Shall we start with the Pats and Chiefs? Yeah, let's go, uh, Pats and Chiefs, and I guess. I, I would just say, of course. Of course the Pats won this game, right? Yeah. of course. I mean, I I picked last week I picked the Chiefs. I said yeah. it was I said it was the time. It was a time to change the tide. It was time to change up that story. And during this game, you know, the Pats come out on fire. Like, that was a dumb pick, Marlo. 
Then Pat Mahomes does this thing, comes back, is like, oh, he's gonna do it. And yeah. as soon as as soon as I don't know, I would say they left time on the clock. I'm like, I'm like, Patriots are gonna win before the overtime, before anything. Yeah, Patriots, yeah Patriots there Patriots was a little bit over two minutes left uh, when the uh, Chiefs scored to go up, um, where they went up four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they left, yeah. just left too much time. So that, then. Yeah, Brady came down, uh, down the field. Seemed like Edelman across the middle, Hogan uh, down the sideline. One big play uh, to Gronk uh, on the sideline as well. Uh, Tony Romo calling every play along the way. Every and, play. And they scored with 40 seconds left, something like that. Enough yeah. time for the Chiefs to go down uh, and, and get a field goal to force overtime. Uh, and then Pats got the ball in overtime and suddenly drove it down the field in the same manner they finished off the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Edelman across the middle, Hogan on the sideline, Gronk with one big play, and then Burke had to run it in. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that is, I, it was so – I, I just I, – I feel for Chiefs fans after, mm-hmm. like, having that year, having Pat Mahomes, having the comeback at home, and then losing that game, like, death by a thousand Edelman cuts – yeah. Uh you just Tom Brady slicing up the D. Having your having your defensive end stand offsides. Yeah. They had a game a game ending interception. That's just yep. lining up crap. That's just peewee stuff. Mm-hmm. Just everything just didn't it didn't work out. It's just it's just what the Patriots do. And it's I don't know if I want to go, but like three years in a row, let's say three years in a row, five in the last six, they've been yep. to been to the, the Super, Bowl. Super Bowl. Been to the Super Bowl. Crazy. Eight in its eight AFC championships in a row. It, yeah, a- a- AFC championship games in a row. It's something like 13 straight AFC East championships. Um, they gave some stat during the game. I didn't jot it down uh, about the number of coaches who have coached against oh, Bill yeah. Belichick One in the AFC East. Yeah, uh, I think they said it because their linebackers coach or something is going to be the head coach of the... Um, uh, or is he the Dolphins, defensive coordinator? Defensive He's going to be head coach of the Dolphins. Yeah, rumored um, Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah, rumored... Uh, you know, Marlo, I guess at this point, I think I've just accepted it. <laughs> I think I think I'm just like I I don't want to look back and say I rooted against this the whole time. So I've I, let me take a step back, Marlo. I have a weird relationship yeah. with with the Patriots, right? Because I remember the first what would what you say one two Super Bowls. Which this seems ridiculous to say, but they were underdogs, right? They were the yeah. underdog story. I, yeah, the the whole the whole Rams. Ram, the Rams Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Show on turf. Yep. They stopped yep. the greatest show on turf. They beat uh, the Raiders uh, back, you know. Tuck rule game. Tuck rule game. They were an underdog in that game. And I was yep. rooting for them as, because I think I've said this on the pod before, they were the underdogs. And yes. then they became, they won. And now they're, you know, obviously uh, not the underdogs, although they were today, which is another, uh, I guess, slant you could take on this game. Yep. So. I rooted for them at one point, and then they started winning. And at some point, I should have switched, right, and been like, "I'm tired of this, and I should be rooting against them because they win all the time." Blah blah blah. But it's kind of stuck with me, like a little bit of affinity for the Patriots because of that old uh, underdog story that I started rooting for. I mean, my God, it's like 15 years ago now, right? Which is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, the um, la- I watched that Super Bowl in my freshman dorm room. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> it's absurd. Um, so for me, a little bit of it, that switch has never gone from them not, not that they have been an underdog. I'm not trying to say that, Marlo, but yeah. like the, my rooting for them because they were an underdog has never switched to them being this dominant force. So I should root against them. 
when it perhaps and for all accounts should have. So there's a little bit of that, and now a little bit of me going, you know what? They just might. God damn it! They just might be the best. Yeah, there's gonna and I have, win to, I have to give some respect to that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's mad respect. It, I have all the respect for that. You know, Bill Belichick and and that Patriots organization. It's just, you know, it's just infuriating as a fan, uh, especially with your team not being in it. It's just like you just want to see something else. You know? Yeah. And I don't know if it's you rooting rooting against it again. I think I went into this wanting KC to win just because I like Pat Mahomes, but I yeah. I feel like you know in the Super Bowls they've been in, I think there's been one since like the whole dynasty before that. The first like besides the first one, like you said, when I was rooting for the underdog, mm-hmm. I find myself organically rooting against <laughs> against the right. Patriots. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, it's, I think I was rooting for him like in that comeback because it was just amazing. It was an amazing comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and against game. the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. So that was crazy, but. Yeah, but I, I totally, I just, yeah, I just want to see something different. I think that's where it really comes from. I just, okay. want, I want to go see Super Bowl Sunday and, you know, have someone else but the Patriots. Yeah, I know, I get I get that. It's just, it, it, it's obviously a, uh, a remarkable accomplishment. And the thing that I, I guess I go back to, and, uh, you know, I guess as a Packer fan, you look at a couple of the close calls that Packers have had to prevent them from, uh, going to the Super Bowl, and I think of uh, the Seahawks game with the onside kick, which was a <laughs> catastrophe. And yep. you could point to a lot of things that you know led up to that that the Packers maybe should run won that game, but that was a situation which the Packers I think could have won the Super Bowl that year. Um, and you look back at this Patriots run, and it's like so many things have gone there. I guess I shouldn't say that because they've had. The two losses they've had to the Giants in the Super Bowl have been two of the most ridiculous losses <laughs> I've ever seen. So maybe that's where it evens out. But yeah. it just kind of seems like more often than not, these kind of bounces, the calls, the you know reviews today. Um, not that I think necessarily any of them were wrong, but like it seems like these things tend to go the Patriots' way. But I guess when you are playing winning football, that's maybe the way it seems. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're absolutely. It's just kind of crazy how, especially playoff football, can come down to just this and that, and the run they're having. It just, it, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. So I think what added to this game, though, Marlo, was one uh, Tony Romo in the booth. Were you enjoying him calling the game as much as I was? Wow. I think at at times I was like Tony. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> Act like you've been to a football game before. Um, and, you know he's getting he's getting really excited up there. Yeah. yeah, and then at other times when he's you know calling out the play, watch it here, do it here. It is it. it I do like that. So yeah, it, it's he has some extremes one way you know or another. But yeah, I I do enjoy it. But yeah, sometimes he just needs to let it breathe and, and yeah. calm down a little bit. When I think it was when the Patriots had first down on their uh, fourth quarter drive it was first down from the 45 tony Romo could not handle himself how excited <laughs> he was that brady was driving to win the game and go to the super bowl it was hilarious he just was like a kid on christmas morning uh it was so funny um so that was i guess i get i thought it was hilarious and funny but i i could see how that was a bit over the top <laughs> but then at the same time while the patriots were driving on the field He's calling like every every play on uh, fourth down for the touchdown run. He says, you know, they're killing this play. They're going to send 
someone in motion and run to the right. And sure enough, Gronk comes in motion. They go to the right and score a touchdown twice. Uh, down the stretch and into overtime, Gronk was lined up one-on-one on the outside. He said, look here, if the safety comes down, they're going to Gronk. And twice they went to Gronk. And then, I, I God, if I had a nickel for every time, he said, Gronk and White are inside. Watch Edelman across the middle. And then Edelman yeah. was open from across the middle. I mean, yeah. I would have at least three or four nickels. Uh, <laughs> rich so, man. Very rich yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Almost as rich as Tony Romo, I think. Uh, but it was it's crazy. It's crazy. Like that's. Not, I know sometimes he does it and he's wrong, but in this game, every time he did it, it felt like he was right. And I think it added so much. And I just, you know, for someone like me who's just a fan, it really helps me focus on where the action is going and what I should watch for. And he's so great at that. And I thought it really added to uh, the drama down and the, the plays down the stretch of this game. Yeah, because I think at some point, especially if you're, you know, like myself who's rooting against the Patriots, you're hoping that he's wrong. He's calling it out, and now you're like, <laughs> okay, if Tony knows, then you have to know. Yeah. Because Tony's oh. seen it. Why can't you see it? You're going to stop it right now. Tony's going to be wrong. So it, in almost a weird universe, you're rooting against Tony. Yeah. No, well, maybe maybe not me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Tony Roma camp over here. Uh, but, yeah, it's... It, as someone who watched a lot of football this year, there are times when he's wrong, and it's kind of like uh, it, Jim Nance is like, "Let's move on, to the next play." <laughs> but uh, when he's right, it's just it, it looks it's just so fun, and that happened a lot in yeah. this game. It seemed like he got the, he pitched a perfect game in the fourth quarter, and that was memorable. So, yeah, yeah. So we'll get a lot more of them because they have the Super Bowl. Yes, which is uh, I yeah, that's good, right? That's good. <laughs> so I, I'm curious to see what the the uh, the non football watching audience will will come to the table with with Tony Romo on the call mm. for the Super Bowl. That's that's going to be interesting. I would have to. I mean, again, I kind of mentioned as a more of a fan than a football player, you know, perspective. I really like him pointing things out. I think that will go a long way, and I think he does a good job of bringing an excitement to the game that pairs well with Jim Nance's. You know, I'm a primarily golf announcer. Uh, call of the game, right, right. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, uh, I'll, I'm excited for this bowl because <laughs> we'll be every year, no matter what. But uh, I'm excited for Tony Romo. I, I if he was at this level for the championship game, <laughs> I can't imagine how geeked he's gonna be. He's for... so excited because he's literally never been there before. So never been there before. Yeah, well, yeah. He's never <laughs> been a championship game either. So yeah. <laughs> Once he got past the first round, he was out of his league as, as far as that goes. Just too much. Take that, Cowboys fans. Oh, sorry, Chief fans. That one's that one's tough to take. Yeah. So they were. Sh- I want to ask you a question, brother. They're showing, yep. uh, you know, some sad shots of the Chiefs fans. Yep. yep. And they showed. Uh, I don't know. I found this. I found this very touching. Um, it was, uh, you know, a dad and his his. It had to be. I don't know. Seven, six, five. I don't. know. Let's say, middle single digits. Uh, kid. You know, the kid's crying. His dad's consoling him. Explain. You know, this has to happen. Marlon, do you want your, let's say, seven-year-old kid to be a fan crying after the game kid? Uh, no, I don't want him to physically cry, but I want him to feel like he needs to cry. <laughs> feel like he needs to cry. <laughs> yeah, I want him to be that emotionally attached to whatever team I'm rooting for uh, <laughs> that yeah. he feels like it. But don't, yeah, don't, don't go full tears and get on camera. Yeah, yeah, if you're at the stadium, you have to tone it down. There are cameras there. Mm. I, I agree because my initial reaction was, I don't, I don't want 
my son to feel that way. Like that's <laughs> I don't want you know I don't want him to carry that burden, so to speak. But like <laughs> I want him to care. Yeah. So then I was like, well, maybe I want him crying. So I think I want like maybe tearing up. At least he's not throwing things. I don't want throwing things. Yeah, that's too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Tearing up, and breaking things, being sad, just wanting to go to bed after the game, kind of thing. I think that's kind of the 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 Goldilocks area I'm rooting for. Right. Yeah. Much much like us. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> pulling on the collar here. <laughs> a little more of the yelling at the TV, throwing pillows in the basement kind of guy, but uh, he'll be better than me, right? That's the point. Right. Kids yeah. are gonna be better than us. <laughs> All right, Marla. Well, uh, anything else on uh, on Pat's chief? I thought it was a, I, it was entertaining to yeah. say to say the least. I I think um, I feel like the Pats were the better team. I feel like this was the last year the Pats will be the better team. Ooh, hot takes. And I, I feel like the changing the guard will be next year. Okay. All right, writing that down. Let's put in the little little. Little treasure chest, and we'll reopen yeah. that next season, or ignore it if it doesn't happen. Or we'll just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Either way, it. Yeah. yeah, time's on our side. Yep. All right, all right. That's so, it for that NFC let's, Championship. Let's take it on to what I thought was going to be what we led with mm-hmm. uh, when it happened. NFC Championship Saints Rams, uh, the early game today. Uh, I, I guess I just said a minute ago that I thought the Pats were the better team and they won. I do not think the better team won in this game. Uh, I mean, do we want to just go right to it, Marlo, or do you want to start? Yeah, uh, yeah we, the, sto- it's the story of the game. It was a, you kind of, it was a close game. Yeah. Came down to a uh, final drive that the Saints were driving and yep. the, they just, what? What is they? What is a miss call? I a would no say call, the a... the whistles were swallowed. The whistles uh, collectively. Whistle. <laughs> I think you have a, roughly a thousand referees on the field. I'm not sure. I'd have to check. Yeah. But there's a thousand referees on the field who all missed what I would say is the most obvious pass interference I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Um, I feel like if you took a non-football fan, said roll this clip, and asked foul or no foul, I think. 100 out of 100 yeah. be like, that's a foul. Collectively, that's a foul. And I yeah. know there's a little bit of, they missed that, plus they missed uh, targeting, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about targeting. <laughs> that's a new rule that's subject to whatever, blah. blah. This is pass interference. The yeah. ball was thrown at him. A guy tackled him <laughs> and prevented him from catching the ball. I don't understand how everybody missed this. I don't understand how there wasn't a, like, collection. The referees didn't get together and go, hmm, I think he might have hit him early. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Stan? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And nothing. And, you know, so they and went to... supposed to be the best crews. These are supposed, yeah. supposed to earn their way to the playoff, earn their way to the championship. This is supposed and, to be the best. And I know you can sit here and you can say, well, the rest of the game, the Saints could have blah, sure. blah, 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 blah. But the Saints put themselves in a position... They had the right play call because that guy was beat. That pass was there. That guy cheated and hit the wide receiver to prevent him from catching the ball. The Saints should have won that game. And it, there's no other, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's no other take you can have from that. I don't care what happened at any moment before that play. The Saints put themselves in a position to win the football game. The referees took it away from them. And I'm, I can't believe I'm this hot. I thought I was going to be way less hot than this. Uh, go into it. Um, are you a Are you a Saints fan? No, I'm. I well, to be fair, 
I wanted the Saints to win this game for I w- arbitrary reasons. I'm not really sure why, but I wanted the Saints to win. And as the game went on, you know what? I, I think it was why because I my my uh, theme for this weekend was like the page was turning in the NFL. Right? It was mm-hmm. like the the Rams with Sean McVay and Goff and the Chiefs with well, Andy Reid's not really new, but like. And Mahomes, it's the turning of the page. And I was like, no, I'm old. I'm fighting the turning of the page. I want Drew Brees <laughs> and old man Tom Brady and my boys I've known for a decade in there. Uh, so I was being an old man and fighting the turn of the page. So I, I was. I think that's where my rooting for the Saints went in this game. Um, I just can't believe it. I just cannot believe it, Marlo. Yeah, it's hard to fathom with that with that call. And I, I mean, the only thing that they that wouldn't think that that would be the game winner was you say okay he missed a chip shot field goal but at the same point they should have had a chance to get that and uh not have it going into overtime yeah I, so uh, yeah i mean i guess i don't i it, it kind of brings like i don't know who i feel worse for um the saints new orleans fans or kansas city fans <clears throat> yeah uh because you know kansas i mean uh new orleans is straight robbed <laughs> Yeah, it's robbed in their, you know, in their own house, and you know, I think I, I, I just feels like these last two seasons, the way the the Saints have gone out, I feel like they're cursed. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know, or Drew Brees is cursed, or someone did something where they're just not they're not allowed to 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 win in the playoffs in any sort of way fashion. Yeah, um, I kind of you mentioned that in our our text feed today, and I, I had kind of forgot about the way that they went out last year. Um, yeah, two just brutal losses in uh it wasn't the NFC championship game last year though, was it? No, it wasn't it was NFC championship. It was the divisional round. round. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh yeah, because then Minnesota played for yeah. Uh yeah, two back to back losses. And I wish I had kinda weirdly, I wish I had remembered that because I would have kind of had that in the back of my head and been a little bit less excited about the Saints. <laughs> like it would have been like, <laughs> wait, hold on. They've had some weird losses in the in the recent past. Um but I don't know if you I don't know if you saw this, Marlo. Uh, uh, do you know that there's a a betting show on Fox? I think it's Fox Sports or whatever. It has mm-hmm. uh, Clay Travis and uh, I guess cousin Sal. He's kind of part of the. Uh, I don't know if you have you seen this at all. No, I haven't. Okay, all right. So it's a, it's a betting show, and they go through like you know lines. They have their best bets and, and and what have you. But they like publicly bought. So somebody at the beginning of the year had bought a ticket. They bet eight thousand dollars that the Saints would win the Super Bowl, and it paid one fifty eight if they did. Jeez. They sold it to uh, Clay Travis and uh, cousin Sal Sal Iacano, um, who are, I guess, co-hosts of this betting show. They sold it to them for like essentially sixty thousand dollars. So they bought it for three thousand dollars each. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the the Saints would win the Super Bowl, and then if they won, you know they they'd get the one hundred sixty thousand or one hundred fifty. At what point in the season did they buy this ticket? This week. Oh, Jesus. this week. Okay. Okay. So, uh, following them on Twitter was fantastic today because <laughs> as much as I couldn't believe it as just kind of arbitrarily wanting the Saints <laughs> to win, yeah, I could not imagine having, I guess, each of them thirty thousand dollars presumably to win. Uh, $80,000 individually <laughs> on that and have that call happen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> that would not be a good ride. I guess I, I outside of that, I don't, I don't really know. The game happened. I, yeah. I, I thought at any point, the saints at every point of the game, the saints were the better team. I guess I should would uh, say Goff made some big plays. He, 
Um, didn't make any mistakes. Played some good, made some good throws on uh, out of the pocket. They rolled him a couple times towards the end of the game, and that was really effective. Uh, he's normally really good on play action. The play action just wasn't affected today, which I think we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but they, uh, when they rolled him out, he was able to be effective. Just when he can have one or two reads, he can be an effective quarterback, and that's what they were able to do enough of today to to get the victory. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe we could talk about Super Bowl storylines in a minute, but that's all I got. That's all I got from yeah. the Saints Rams game. It's just that call was it. That call was yeah. It. That call was it. The Rams that kick a fifty-seven yard field goal to win. Yep. No big. No big deal having a field goal kicker that can actually kick a field goal to win a game. No big deal. Yeah. Not triggered. Um, but yeah. Gurley didn't hit any of the posts. No, none of the posts. None, 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 none just, of the three posts. Straight through to win the game. It's not a big deal. <laughs> um, but Gurley, Gurley. Who only had so, five five wait, snaps? Wait, hold on. On that, mm-hmm. how did you enjoy the uh, Pepsi icing the kicker commercial? Oh, during, dude, every during, freaking, during the whole thing, <laughs> every freaking time it was yeah. so. And it, and then the whole Ron, <laughs> the whole Ron Revere like you know relation to the Bears and everything. It just yeah, it hit a nerve. It hit a nerve every time. So I know I know it's an old commercial, and I know yeah. that they they have the cowboy colors of you know the kicker right. He's no. He's yeah, silver. Just, I wish that they just like they just made him that like Chicago Bears. What is it? A blue? Yeah. Just like give him a blue helmet and like an orange stripe, just yeah. to just to dig it in. A just little to bit. really dig it. I would li- I would have liked a little. I would like a little update on the commercial. To be okay, honest, well, I just call their <laughs> call their creative market marketing. Let's, let's yeah. piss let's piss yeah. off a large a large <laughs> large market uh, like that. So, no, no, they'll be all right. <laughs> they drink enough Pepsi in Chicago. They'll be okay. Anyways, speaking okay, so speaking of being savage, Casey. Yeah, all right. Gurley, Gurley. I don't know if you saw this. He posted on Instagram because uh, uh, after the after the game, he traded his jersey with the ref yeah. and just posted a picture of that on Instagram. No comments whatsoever. I mean, I t- I take that personally. I'd have to say. I'd have to say. Personal dig to you. Personal dig to me. I mean, uh, no, that's so. That's because I'm on the wrong side of this. Because I'm on the losing side of the team that I was quasi rooting for. Right? I, I take offense at this. It's probably clever. It's probably cool. Uh, to be fair, he had four carries for ten yards. So yeah, yeah. let's all let's all settle down, uh, Todd Gurley. <laughs> uh, again, being the old man of the show. I I did not like you to hurt my feelings. <laughs> God, I can't believe that call. I can't believe it so much. Marlo, I don't know if you saw this. On on the Twitters, mm-hmm. your boy Hulk Hogan. My boy. Tweeted out uh tweeted out a picture of uh the Saints wide receiver who it was Lewis? I don't even know who it was. Doesn't matter. When he's getting hit in the face instead of being able to catch the football, uh, they photoshopped out uh, the defender who, again, is hitting him in the face mm-hmm. instead of allowing him to catch the football with a Hulk Hogan leg drop. And it's it's fantastic. <laughs> and Hulk Hogan says, no flag, brother. <laughs> I like I like this segment. This is like our, our verbal meme segment. This is yeah. Verbal picture. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you go on the internet <laughs> while you're listening to this and look this up, 
It's way better. It's way better. Okay. It's a good radio. Yeah. Freaking Hulk Hogan. Great radio. He's chiming it's... it. He's chiming it. All right. So. All right. Patriots. Oh, yeah. Rams. Here Super we go. Bowl. Rematch. Start, the rematch of when the dynasty started. Yeah. Storyline starting. That's a good one. I got it. There you go. That's the first one. Dynasty starting, dynasty ending. Yeah. Newcomer up. Tom Brady's getting older. <laughs> yeah. He's been older, yeah. Yeah. He's getting he's one year older. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> can he beat Father Time? Uh yeah. So yeah, I'm just I'm I'm ex- yeah. I'm always excited for what the storylines come out with. I feel like Media Day has gotten way, way crazy with, you know, everyone being able to get credential and being on the internet and Twitter. Uh, they just you know, kind of try to act out. You really don't get anything out of it. But the the media week of Super Bowl, you can't beat it. Well, but can you? I mean, <laughs> the only reason the only reason it's, it's so great because there's no other football. Yeah, and that's the only like little ounce of football you get is just these little stupid these stories, dumb storylines. Yeah. Uh, oh, I sh- I did want to mention this in the Saints game the on the breeze interception the guy caught the ball on his back he fell down oh yeah and the right. ball landed on top of him i mean <laughs> freaking ridiculous all right super bowl um opening line i saw uh rams favored by 1 point um which seems weird but okay there you go um it is the the new and young as you kind of mentioned um with McVay. And uh, golf, golf against the old man's, yeah, on on the Patriots. I, I just Patriots I, by a million. I can't believe the Rams are here. I just it, it feels like I just don't. I I don't feel like they're ready to be here. I don't think that it's weird to me. This might sound stupid. I I'll have another week to think about it. But my this reaction is, I don't. I would. I can't imagine how the Rams are favored. Let me let this let this sink in. The Rams, Sean McVay, has a chance to win a Super Bowl as a head coach at age thirty-three. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's got two years to catch up to what I've done. So. <laughs> exactly, year and a half life life accomplishments. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we'll have another week to talk Super Bowl storylines, talk more Super Bowl. Um, but that it's been yeah, it's been a hell of an NFL season leading up to it. But now that that's over, we can get more into basketball as we hit mid-January, heading into February. Yeah. Um, definitely. I think this would have obviously led our show as we're premised as a, a Badger podcast. But I think the NFL games today were so interesting and so entertaining that it, was, it warranted us kind of bumping them ahead of uh, the upset of the week in college basketball on uh, Saturday, which is yesterday as we record uh, over the weekend, as you listen to it, Wisconsin knocks off previously undefeated number two Michigan with a score of 65 to 54. Uh, Marla, where do you want to begin with that? Uh, would you say unexpected? I'll uh, here's, what, here's what I'll say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off by giving you props. You said early, early in the week that yeah. you were you were leaning towards Wisconsin being Michigan. I thought you were crazy. Yeah, I was. I I did, <laughs> I did not I did not have that that level of optimism uh, that they were going to you know be able to play up to what Michigan was, level was playing. Yeah. To my credit, I didn't realize it was going to be an eleven o'clock start. Okay. Yeah. But but either way, um, you know, yeah, I think for me it was it was super surprising. I was the whole game. I was on the premise of like, oh, this is great, but, you know, when are you going to give it up? 
<laughs> you know, yep. I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in that mode, or I was in that mode at the time. It was just, I, you know, I felt like they were, you know, playing good. But when is that long stretch going to come? And it never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of good things, a lot of good things uh, came out of this game. Hap played well again, of course, as always. Yep. He's just a staple. He's really good at college football. I mean, football. Co- yeah. <laughs> He's really well, good at know. college basketball. He might be too. I'm not yeah. sure. You never I know. Seen I haven't seen him play yet. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I guess to to uh, temper your your credit of me, I was being very optimistic in my assessment, and there was some you know Wisconsin uh, press hype about the game, you know, saying how we've defeated previous uh, top ten teams uh, visiting the Kohl Center and that sort of thing, and I thought in my head, in my uh, little head, I said, I thought, Protect you know house. what, you know what, we're better at home. What if? We put two halves together. We could be an okay basketball team. That's what I was thinking. And then I was like, what if? What if? What if Michigan didn't shoot very well? <laughs> and then they came out. And they didn't shoot very well. Uh, and it, so you it spoke turned out, it into existence. It, yeah, it more, it more or less went exactly how my best case scenario <laughs> in my head went. And I was, as I was thinking it, as I was tweeting that out, I thought... I'm an idiot. I always get sucked in, and I give myself hope. I create hope out of nothing, and then I just get disappointed. But this time, I was not disappointed. I was redeemed. Uh, Wisconsin went on. You mentioned Hap had a hell of a game. Uh, He went 12 for 22, which it seemed like in the first half, he was really being bothered by Michigan's bigs. Um, But then it seemed like that, and he was missing a few close ones. Uh, But then at the end of the game, he ended up with 26 points. Uh, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Um, so, as always, Hap leading the way. I mean, when you have 26 points when your team scores 64, that is something significant. But I think the interesting, important part of this game was uh, the performance of our role players. And I think this is an important part of Wisconsin basketball as far as them being good at home because, as, you know, the uh, I guess the common sense of basketball is that the role players play better at home, but for Wisconsin, I think it's more important for this team even uh, more so uh, with King and Ford. And today, while you might look at it and say Ford had nine points, King had six, King had two three-pointers that were huge in that they allowed Hap to be to not be double-teamed because they couldn't leave King. King hit his first two three-pointers. They couldn't leave him to double-Hap. So Hap was able to have more space in the paint, and that was significant. And Ford, for God's sakes, finally drove, went into the lane and got a three-point play, and that was a huge play in the game. Um, it put Wisconsin up, I want to say it was like 43-42. I don't have the exact line in front of me, Marlo, but the play of the other role players. Hap carried the load, obviously, with 26 points, but Trice was had six points non-existent. You had Reavers, Ford, and King around 10 points as well. I think that's where the difference was between today, I shouldn't say today, Michigan and other teams. Other games, excuse me. Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. The role players showed up, which is, I guess I've you know probably been seeing all season, that's what needs to happen. Obviously, we again, we have Hap uh, yeah. doing, doing work every day. And the role players just need to, you know, get around it, and that helps Hap as well, uh, you know, open things up and, and play better. So, yeah, it was. I, <clears throat> I don't. 
you know, the fact that, you know, we put up 25 points in the first half, that was yeah. a good sign. <laughs> yeah. That was a good yeah, sign. Better than about, our last four game average. Yeah, I'll that a little bit. Um, and then, you know, we came out came out in the second half, and you could see – you could kind of see the intensity kind of build from there, and that's that. That was that was a really good sign. I mean, we've been playing some good second halves as it is, uh, but at, at points and times where it did look like you know Michigan might go on a run, uh, we really really hunkered down, stuck in, and and pulled that one off. Yeah, um, I should point out. I, I think the interesting thing going forward for uh, this team is the uh, playing time between King and Iverson. Yep, uh, because depending on what the Badgers need will depend on who plays there. Iverson is obviously a great defensive player, a great energy player, but just has never been able to develop an offensive game. Uh, whereas uh, Kobe King has an outside shot, as I mentioned earlier, going two for two from three in this game uh, and can really open up the floor offensively. But as a younger player kind of gets lost sometimes on defense. So depending on what the Badgers need at that moment will depend on that playing time. I think that's a very interesting thing to watch uh, going forward. And I think in this game, uh, King's offense really, while only six points, again, his ability to shoot really opened up the floor uh, for Hap. And yeah. to some and extent, Reaver's inside. Yeah, just so I, I, have to, I have to ask you a question. Yeah, um, I know we're, we're on a praise roll right now, but... To be fair, at the end of that game, Michigan kind of they kind of they didn't manage the end of the game all that well. No. How did you feel about the Michigan hack a hap and and the way they tried to go about it, which really kind of unraveled raveled towards the end there? Yeah. Well, the the hack a hap. If he shoots fifty percent, it's not a good play. It yeah. it worked against. Uh, was it Maryland that it worked against? Which we'll talk about. No, it wasn't Mary, Maryland. It was. Um, Minnesota? He went Minnesota. one for seven. Yeah. Um, so we're, if he goes 50%, even though that's abysmal and, and not obviously not what you would expect of a uh, all-American caliber basketball player, player to be able to do, that is enough to punish uh, the other team. In this game specifically, Michigan did it in the dumbest way yeah. in which a guy fouled half when he was literally just in there and they called a flagrant foul because it he wasn't even moving <laughs> and the guy just went up and like slapped him on the chest yeah and uh, the michigan uh, michigan coaching staff acted like they didn't understand the rule and uh, uh um bay i'm almost he almost died on the yeah court. yeah he was he he needed to be educated on the rule um <laughs> and said the rule is you can't just intentionally foul somebody else that's why it's called a flag right? or an intentional foul whatever the, the actual terminology is um because Hap was literally just standing there, and the way they executed it was really poor. Um, I don't know that I'm going to go so far as to say that the strategy in general is a bad strategy, uh, but in this game, Hap hit two of his four three uh, free throws, which I think is effective enough. It's above it's above his season average of forty eight percent. So yeah, on him. And I I think when you're at the end of the game, getting a point every possession is good enough as Lame as that sounds, but I think in a game like this it is. But the the way in which they fouled flagrantly or intentionally or whatever it was uh, was just ridiculous, and they deserved that call. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I just wanted to, I kind of, I wanted to get your take on that. Uh, yeah. I thought it was funny. I think that is when the hack a hat bites back. Boom, boom. 
Got it. <laughs> print the t- print the t-shirts. Print the t-shirts. All right. Students rush the court. Yep. All Another for one. It. All for it. Oh yeah, for sure. Number two seed. Um, undefeated. Yep. They were undefeated. Totally, we beat totally it. worth it. Totally, totally warranted. I yep. agree. Uh, Greg Gard now Marlowe since 2015 since Greg Gard became head coach halfway through the season. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin now has four wins over top ten teams, uh, more than any other team in the Big Ten. So wait, he has four wins over top ten teams. Yep. Are they all Big Ten teams? Big Ten teams. Yeah. Gotcha. Over more so than any other Big Ten team. So gotcha. Take that. Interesting. Take, Take that, that, Greg Gard haters. Yeah, well. And this, I guess, is the frustrating thing. Yeah. <laughs> I got about maybe this team specifically, and I would take a step back and attribute it to Greg Gard in general. Mm-hmm. We have an ability to yep. beat good teams, mm-hmm. but we have an ability to play like play really, really bad basketball. <laughs> yeah. I think, after- And I don't get it. Don't get it at all. After Michigan, it's exactly what I said. It's like, I don't get this team, but this is awesome. It's just so, so strange that we kind of we can kind of roll into what we don't want to talk about, the game on Monday. Yeah. Uh, kind of the, the loss to Maryland, where it's, you go out, Maryland, okay team, not great, and you score 15 points in the first half. Yeah. And it's like, what is the team? But at this, in the same game, you come back from an 18-point deficit, to take a lead late in the game, and but mm-hmm. but can't finish it out, and then obviously come back and, and win against Michigan. It is just a weird team losing to Minnesota at home. Just weird, weird stuff. And yeah. I th- I think, in part, talking about that Greg Gard as a whole. After that, after this Maryland loss on Monday, I was I was ready. I was ready were, to come on here. And you just were there say, with. The- you were there with the pitchforks. Yes, I was coming out with the pitchforks and be like, "See, we can't have this." And then yeah. he goes ahead and beats Michigan, so I can't really talk right now. Yeah, yeah, you go out and you score fifteen points and a half. At least it wasn't our season low, right? We did fourteen yeah, against more than at home points. against Minnesota. My God, yeah. Minnesota, uh, who on the road lost to Illinois, ninety-five to sixty-eight. By the way, Jesus, last week, my God. Um, yeah, I first half against Maryland just kind of dug us deep. I think. Oh. I think Maryland's better than I thought going in that game, and I think that's been borne out uh, as they beat Ohio State again the, uh, later in the week. And I think they're a really tough matchup with two really athletic big men to to put on earth with uh, Ferdinand Fernando. What's his name? The big guy from Maryland. Oh. He's he's a great foil to Hap's game, and they really gave him struggle. Uh, gave him um, struggles during the game, but. I, as I often do, Marlo, as I'm off to do, I'm going to blame on the referees. Oh, boy. Free throws in that game, Maryland shot 29, making 24 of them to Wisconsin's six free throw attempts, which... That's kind of crazy. Which... It's not even close. You can say, but you can't even say that with... In past, you could say with Wisconsin teams, they play the game... They, the way in which they play, they shoot a lot of threes and don't really try and attack in the paint, but not with Hap. Not with this team. They try to go inside more often than better teams in the past. And I felt like every time Maryland went down the court, they got a foul. And it was so flipping frustrating to watch. Um, and I would attribute our loss. Okay, more so to the 15 points in the first half. But secondly, <laughs> to uh, the officiating that game, I don't think those calls happen uh, not at Maryland. 
Gotta always buy the rest. And maybe Maryland's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's but yeah. they might. Lie. I don't know. Yeah, but well, yeah, we'll put it at that. It was the refs and f- for fifteen points in the first half, and then now we can stop talking about that game. Yeah, we'll see. We beat I, Michigan because we beat Michigan. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, we are good. Um, Maryland is uh, six and one now in the Big Ten. We have a return uh, game against them on the 1st of February. So we'll see. I think it'll be interesting to see. Maryland might just be a good basketball team. Um, and losing a close game at Maryland uh, might not be the worst thing in the world. I just looked back at that Minnesota loss and scratched my head. Is really where I'm at uh, on that. So, all right. All That's right. It for basketball. That is it for basketball. I guess we should we should we should probably say right coming up what we what we got going on with uh with the basketball. I don't know if you knew this, Marlon. We beat Michigan over the weekend. Oh, uh, did on yeah on Wednesday we are at Illinois, uh, and then we host uh, the Northwestern Wildcats on Saturday. That is the week ahead for the Wisconsin Badgers. I am predicting two and zero. Better be two and zero. Better be we better be two and zero or. Uh, Marlo's going to be. Do you sharpen pitchforks? Do you sharpen them? I don't know. Do you sharpen them? I'll just buy new yeah, ones. I presume you could. Yeah, if they get dull, you just buy new ones. Yeah, yeah just buy new ones. Throw out his pitchforks he bought last week. <laughs> get new ones. They're probably dull. It's been like a week. <laughs> Didn't do anything with them, yeah. but they're dull. All right. Coming for Basketball. You. Basketball. Done. Casey had such good feedback last week. Decided to bring it back. Segment <laughs> things on the internet. All right. Okay, you ready? Let me get my fist ready to shake at the clouds. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. All right. The big I'm one. Wor- I I'm, I would have to say I am worried because I don't think I know any of these things that you wrote down here. <laughs> so I think last you know week- this one. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. No, go with your story. You know, last week I knew what you were saying, but still was a little bit not happy about it because you know. Uh, reasons, but this week I'm a little worried because pff, I don't know that I know these. So okay, now I definitely feel like an old man. I think you know <laughs> you had to hear something about this first. Okay, yeah. So all right. So Gillette la- launches the new ad campaign. Oh, okay. on the internet. Yeah, yep. best of man. You still using the the uh, tagline the best man can get, but basically the whole big production about how to be a good person, essentially. Yeah, be a good man. Uh, the opposite of this, you know, running with the Me Too movement, all this yeah. stuff. And it had everybody talking about it. Twitter, uh, both sides, angry Twitter, glad Twitter, Me Too Twitter, all the Twitter is going at it. Um, honestly, I was just like, cool, it's a, t- <laughs> it's a commercial. Be the yeah. best the man I could get. But uh, I know you saw it. So what are you, what, uh, yeah. what are your, oh man. I don't know. This is, uh, I, I feel like a bit of a minefield as far as, um, <laughs> There's been comments all over. I guess I'll say everyone needs to relax. Yes. <laughs> like every the people who are upset about this commercial need to relax, and the people who are upset at people being upset about this need to relax. <laughs> all right. I think yeah. that there is a space in raising boys for there to be boys are boys <laughs> when they're growing up and they're roughhousing and they're being. I don't want to say aggressive because that sounds bad, but when they're being, I, I lack of a better term, I'll say aggressive. Mm-hmm. Boys are different than girls when you're raising them. When they become men, it's different, and there's no long, there no longer should be a boy shall be boy, boys attitude. 
there should be a respectful manhood there. Was that right. soapboxy enough? Yeah, there you go. There boys go. can be boys. They should be taught to be men. Men don't do the crap that this ad was implying that men do. All right. Official stance of the 130 yeah. Red Guys. I'll take it. Dude, was that an official so, stance? I don't that know. That was an official I stance. That was an official okay. stance. We'll go with All right. it. I like All it. Right. All right. Listen to it in editing. <laughs> See if it came <laughs> off as good as I wanted it to. I think it was a good point, but I'm not sure. All right. All right. The next All thing right. um, that was hitting the internet again is the Fire Festival. Um, yeah. Okay. There has been, there were two documentaries put out this week one on Hulu, one on uh, Netflix about the failed Fire Festival. Yeah. All, oh, I love all, this. All the crap that went down. You remember yeah. the Fire Festival? Oh, it's like, fantastic. Yeah, it's just a great fail. So there's been two. I watched them both. Oh, wow. Okay. I watched, <laughs> I watched them both. I will say yeah. my, my personal opinion is that the Netflix one is better if you like true documentaries. Right. Hulu's is entertaining because they try to bring they try to just make fun of the whole situation. Ooh, but, that sounds better to me. But yeah, so it depends on what you are. I liked I I think if you watch them both, you, you get a little bit you you learn more and more. Okay. One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's worth watching both, but I just think the Netflix one's better, but I just love that Fire Festival is back on Twitter because of this, you know, after it being a failure, uh, yeah. for being a failure again because these documentaries are out there. Oh, I thought when you wrote this in, I thought they were like going to try and do it again. And I was like, aren't, aren't like, so these people in jail? Like, yeah. the one guy is, Ja Rule's yeah, not. Yeah, Ja Rule, ja Rule is not. He's not. He's fine. Yeah. But the guy who actually tried to do it. God, uh, I need to watch these because the the coverage and the clips I've seen of this are just hilarious, and uh, I get sad, but really more so hilarious because of how, <laughs> how terrible these people were at trying to put on this festival, and yeah. I guess the blind faith that people put in companies just to be able to do this. Like, yeah. I guess I I am. Uh, equally guilty here when i buy a ticket to something or i buy uh tickets to a festival or a show i have yeah. an expectation that they will just be able to deliver on what they say yeah um and in this case people bought tickets to a ridiculous promise yeah a crazy th- promise yeah i think the biggest takeaway from this whole thing especially they really dig into the netflix one is that's how, what the power of the internet is and it, it's yeah. just amazing just what you just said what they sold Based yeah. on like tweets and Instagram posts, it's unreal. Well, but I think the takeaway should it, from it should be "eff it." Let's just be legends. Yeah, because <laughs> that was absolutely the, mo- absolutely the model of people who tried to put it on, and uh, yeah. probably I, I don't think they succeeded. All right, Evan, just be legends. All right, speaking uh, of Netflix, yeah, um, being tidy is back is on the internet. Okay, you heard about this? Maybe. All right, so. There's a show called Tidy Up with Maria Kondo. Maria Kondo is like a tidy expert. Okay. Uh, it's, it's I, fear, I, fear I fear I may have seen an episode of this. And this makes me sad because now I, I, I feel more plugged in than I need to be. And like I'm in. Uh, all right. Go ahead. I might have yeah. seen this. Yeah. So we, if you've seen it, you've seen whatever. She goes to houses, teach people how to tidy up. But it's all, every, now everyone is becoming is Kondo's. Uh, little pet 
and making folding all their clothes like she does in the show, making a tent and then putting them away. And now my feeds are filled with pictures of people trying to be tidy. And I don't mm. care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. You get yeah. your life in order. That's cool. That's on you. I don't need to see it. Oh, your sock drawer is arranged the same way as everybody else's? Congratulations. You did it. You made it. You made it. You did it. Ugh. No, I I luckily this is not uh, I guess entered my sphere. I think I might have watched an episode on the Netflix of this. Uh just have less things, people. Get rid of things. <laughs> my God. It's that easy. You can have a show on Netflix. That's right. Just me saying, <laughs> What do you what is this? Just get rid of it. So thanks. If this is on the internet, that can be on the internet, right? Exactly. All right. All that's right. all well, I got for things on the internet. On, yeah, on the internet. Mm-hmm. Who pays attention to the internet, Marlo? I'm going to talk about a real technology. It's called the television. I don't know if you heard of this thing, uh, and I don't know if you heard of this show, Marlo, but it was advertised pretty extensively during uh, the CBS game, uh, Patriots Chiefs. And that, Marlo, is Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, jeez. Have you seen who's on this? I've, I've, yeah, the kind of, I haven't seen the complete rundown, but they go so fast, but I've seen yeah, some yeah. standout characters. All right. All right. Well, you're going to break it down for me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to break it down for you a little bit. All right. Okay. We got, we got Ryan Lochte of, you know, peeing on a wall fame. <laughs> yep. I, I guess maybe he won some Olympic medals. Sure. But sure. you know, but he peed on the wall, peed on a wall and then said he and, got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> still, it's still unclear. They had to go to the bathroom. What are you going to do? Joey Lawrence is on there, uh, from, I think blossom fame. Uh, Tom Green, if you remember him, oh Tom Green, yeah, comedian Tom Green. My he's got a beard. Lips. My bum yeah. is on your lips. Yeah, uh, he's got a beard now, so that's great. Uh, but I think uh, sports related. Let's tie it in sports a little bit. One Ricky Williams Ricky. is on the cast. Ricky Williams, uh, who said what if he w- he was asked what he would take to the house and why, he just said books and herbs. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's like starting a football league with like T.O. and some other players. No, is it is this the alliance? No, thing? it's another another league. Oh, did you see the alliance commercial during the game oh. today? Yeah, yeah, they're starting like the week after the Super Bowl. I missed tryout on CBS. I couldn't believe that uh, you missed tryout. <laughs> I couldn't believe that uh, that was advertised during an NFL game. Yeah, they're doing I, I, and anyway. All right, uh, Big Brother. Ricky, Ricky Williams, yeah, Big Brother. Ricky Williams, what would be the most difficult part of living inside the Big Brother house? Uh, the small talk. Good luck, Ricky Williams. <laughs> Good luck, Ricky. I think there's going to be a Do you watch Big lot. Brother? Have you ever watched Big Brother? No, but I, I, might, I might for this season because, my God. Uh, next up, uh, let's take a step into a little bit of the political forum with uh, Anthony uh, Scaramucci. Mooch. I did you see might, Mooch. You remember him for serving as the chief of staff for the shortest amount of time ever? I can't imagine there was a shorter one. Um, his favorite Big Brother cast member, if you can believe it, Amorosa. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, oh, there was something else about him. Doesn't matter. Uh, that's hilarious. Cato. Cato's there. Yeah. Well, that was the big. That was my big reveal. Oh my. Cato's there. The most famous house guest. He was the. Uh, he was their big uh, finisher too, as well. He's the most famous house guest. This is funny now. It's funny that he was like house guest of 
Yeah, it's okay now. Grizzly okay murders. Now. It's fine. It's great. All right. Yeah, it's okay now. I might, and there's other people there. You can go and see it on CBS. Um, I might get into it. I don't know. These are hilarious, hilarious characters. I might try. I don't know. When is it on? Who knows? I, I mean, Monday yeah. at seven. Oh, there's not football on on Mondays anymore, Marlo. What am I gonna do? You're gonna watch Big Brother. Watch Big Brother. Maybe we'll have. Well, maybe this will replace our uh, Cavalieri updates. Is that show still happening? Yeah, uh, are we still getting Jay Cutler updates on that? Yeah, I don't know. No, right. no, 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 no. It's you gotta wait for season two. All right. Well, Marlo, you and Chuck Liddell. Got... Chuck Liddell's in there. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be. It's a ridiculous group of people. Oh my goodness! All right, well, Marlo, you uh, maybe our fans. Let us know if you think this is something that you would like us to follow and weigh in with our expert takes in yeah. our expertise. Another our expert expertise. Meta, meta world peace. I'm watching. I'm 100 percent watching now. Why is he here? He's on yeah. my list. <laughs> meta world peace is here. Do I have an old list? I have a bad list. Oh shit! Or is this? I don't know. Maybe this is old. All right. All right. I might be. We'll wrong. look into it. We'll look Fact into it. Check it. We'll look into it. No, I'm All on right, the biography of the host. Who cares who the host is? <laughs> yep. All right, Marlo. NBA action. Let's check in the NBA. Bucks check have the NBA. best. Bucks have the best records, uh, win percentage wise, but still a half game behind uh, the Toronto Raptors for the first spot in the East because of statistics. Something I don't know. Not worried about it. More importantly, Marlo, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Michael Beasley. More importantly, into... Michael Bulls Beasley. Ha- the Bulls have the second worst record. So yeah. Oh yeah. One pick. Let's go. Yeah. Losers of ten in a row. Yep. Dwayne Wade was in house. He's on his farewell tour, Marlon, as I'm sure you're aware. Yes. And uh, looking skinny. He's, yeah. He's <laughs> looking skinny. <laughs> Trying to get that uh, retirement weight, get in that retirement weight, uh, and has been trading jerseys with the I don't know I Did wouldn't say the, the best player, but he's been trading jerseys with players on the other team. He played the Bulls, looked around, said, "I want to trade jersey with any of these guys." <laughs> so he traded jersey with Benny the Bull. There we go. There you go. That's Bulls. Um. All right. Enough of our teams. Yeah. Hard hit. Michael Michael Beasley still in the league. If you didn't know, Marlo. He tried to check into the game, took out his, took his warm-up pants off, and he was not wearing the yellow Laker shorts he was supposed to be wearing. Instead, he was wearing some black shorts for some reason. <laughs> Couldn't check in. Had to run back to the locker room and change before he could check in. It was unbelievable. I've never seen this. It was Yeah, it was a great moment. His reaction, I guess, I don't know if he heard the crowd, but he just, and then he just kind of looked up at the jumbotron. He was, you know, wiping his feet off on a little yeah. sticky pad. Kind of looked up at the jumbotron, realized it, kind of, and then just beeline. Yeah, <laughs> didn't stop to right to the locker room. It was great. I mean, I don't know if you ever did this, done this, Marlo. I've known there's times I've gone to the gym and had sweatpants on and like mm. went, yeah, you know, pulled my sweatpants on. And go, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> forgot shorts today. <laughs> and go back home. That said. I went to a gym where I <laughs> nobody's paying attention to me. <laughs> I was not a professional uh, basketball player. Uh, so I can only imagine that kind of like, that's not what I thought I had on over there. That's so fun. <laughs> All right. That was our, that, check it in the NBA. It's still uh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that was Other things happen. James Harden's scoring lots of points, traveling all the time. Blah, blah, blah. LeBron's hurt. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Angry old man NBA takes. All right. All right, Marlo, since we didn't want to talk about NBA, let's talk about things people are even less interested in. Baseball. Winter baseball. Winter meetings, hot stove things. 
All right. Winter so, meetings were like two months ago. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I thought the whole winter was just the meetings. They were just a meeting all gotcha. the time. Gotcha. All right. Who knows? I'm not sure. Not sure how it works. Um. So I don't know if you've seen this, Marlo. Um. There are some. I, I, are they veterans? Uh. Or are they recently retired players? Uh, some of the uh, veterans are getting pretty upset with the state of free agency. We went into last year. Um, some, let's say, experienced players went for some bargains uh, from a team side. And this year we still have uh, some relatively quiet news around some of the uh, big free agents, most notably Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Manny Machado. And uh, I guess the players, or maybe more specifically the Players Union, are starting to ask questions and be concerned. Um, I guess most notably, I think it was Evan Longoria had a, I think it was an Instagram thing. I don't know. One of the social medias where he was kind of like almost blaming fans for not being more upset that their teams aren't going out and signing these free agents. Uh, and it, I guess, struck me as being a little bit toned up. Yeah. But uh, I guess to that said, at the same regard, it seems like something has shifted in um baseball free agency where the contracts might not just be going up and up from now on for veterans. Um, And I guess I wanted to kind of bring this up as your team, uh, the Chicago White Sox have an offer sheet. It seems like out there for Manny Machado and it doesn't seem like there's much other interest, which seems weird, but at the same time as a team uh, with a limited payroll, who's can't afford such things. It seems very reasonable that there's not more offers out there. So I guess I'm just kind of throwing that open yeah, question out to you and what you take of the whole uh, free agency in baseball status. Yeah, I, well, I think there's such big money players out there right now um, that the teams that can spend money, like, you know, the White Sox have a ton of money. They, they cleaned a bunch of space to, to yeah. go after Machado, to go after Harper, um, you know, and do all that stuff. But I think it takes, it takes, one, it takes the one big one to fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably, you know, that I really think that's where, it, where it's all coming from. It's so a one big one in the fall so that they all can, you know, kind of fall in line. That sets the market. They can fall in line and either, you know, get a little more or in, in whatnot. So it's kind of, a, you know, it's a stalemate, right? Who's going to, who's really going to bring first? Are they going to bring more money to the table? Yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, I think it's, it makes people, because it starts, you know, at the big ones, at the Manny's. Uh, with the Machados and then works his way down. So kind of the other veterans who, you know, aren't the big money guys but still want to make a little bit of coin are kind of worried because they don't want to miss out if they sign mm-hmm. now, <laughs> if they sign now and then the market the market value is set much higher. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I I take a little heat, a little issue with uh, the statement that uh, Lingori made uh, about the fans being upset because I think well, you see – I think I think you see like Yankees fans being upset. I think you see, you know, teams maybe Dodgers fans are upset. Where like teams who have money to spend. But if you're and I, I guess I'm looking at this maybe as a Brewers fan, like yeah. if we sign Manny Machado to a huge contract and he's not an MVP, we're screwed. We're absolutely screwed for a decade. Yeah. And that's a reality that the baseball contracts have got to. And yes, it might bring down the salaries of those, you know, 27 to 30 year old people who are uh, players who are coming to the market for the first time. But maybe those contracts have gotten over inflated 
as to the value that they bring to the team um, or the ability to compete. Um, And I there just seems to be this like, well, teams should be paying more because that's how it works. You pay more for this value for for the players that these are. But if you are not the Yankees, you're not the Red Sox, you're not whatever the the Cubs Dodgers, you know, those teams who are in prime markets who have the payroll, you can't do that. And then there's only so many of those teams who have can lock that up. I don't know. It just seemed tone deaf to me. And um, I don't know. We'll see where they go. I think that, and I mean, Bryce Harper turned on $300 million. So I'm, I don't feel sorry for Bryce Harper per se. <laughs> he had a very good offer. I think a reasonable offer and he turned it down and I you know, we'll see where that goes. Yep. All right. Uh, enough of that. Uh, the Yankees in other hot stove winter meetings, whatever this time period is, finally found a suitor, or should we say sucker, to take Sony Gray from them. Um, they trade him to the Reds for a infield prospect. It seems, sounds like a second base prospect. He was 10th in the Reds organization, uh, as well as some draft picks. Uh, I can't really speak to how good a prospect he is in regards to the return, but the Yankees were begging people to take Sonny Gray off their team. I can't believe they got anything back for him. And I think the funniest part about this trade, Marla, was they got what's called a sandwich pick. And, sandwich pick. Yeah. And apparently that means a pick between the first and second round. There's some kind of, it's like a compensation pick for like if a free agent signs. Uh, elsewhere, you might get a sandwich pick, but in my mind, it just, it read they got this prospect and a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's how uh, worthwhile Sonny Gray was uh, to them. So, baseball roundup. Um, oh, we should mention. Uh, I don't think we mentioned this on the podcast. Um, for a sign, Yasmani Grandal, uh, catcher formerly of the uh, Dodgers, uh, which I think is the obviously the biggest signing for uh, the Brewers. Really upgrades a position of need for the Brewers. Uh, a one-year deal with uh, for like uh, something like eighteen million, nineteen million. Uh, for the year and then a mutual option for next year uh, improves a really poor position. They were, were no Eric Kratz there during the divisional series uh, or the championship series uh, last year. So a huge offensive upgrade and it sounds like an even better defensive upgrade uh, for the Brewers. So I should mention that as well. Yeah, you're right. We never mentioned that on the podcast. Yeah, really excited about that. Um if they can bring back another middle infielder or a uh, third baseman and then have Shaw play uh, second base, feeling pretty good, Marlo. Feet would be feeling pretty good. Okay. Any other baseball things? No, you know, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of baseball for January. It was a lot. Yeah, a lot of winter meeting hot stove things going on hot there. Stove I'm glad. I'm glad we hit on it. Uh, but more importantly, we got America's favorite segment coming back again, yeah. as always. Let's get it. It's Casey's Corner Kick. Yeah, Marlo. So you were mentioning how you were uh, trying to find ways to avoid shoveling. I found great ways to avoid shoveling. We had Liverpool at 9, <laughs> Badgers at 11. That went right into more college basketball. Um, so I found plenty of excuses not to shovel, but had to do it nonetheless. Uh, Liverpool playing early on Saturday, 9 o'clock, and they played hosted Crystal Palace. It was a... Uh, quite a nervy win. Uh, they ended up winning four to three, which is insane. Uh, it should have been two to one, uh, but there were some kind of weird late goals uh, in the game. Um, Liverpool seeming like they put it away uh, with the third goal 
in extra time but needed a fourth. Uh, and they were playing James Milner at right back, Marlo. I don't know. I don't know how close you follow Liverpool. But James Milner is kind of like a jack of all trades. He can kind of, he's okay at a lot of things, but he's not really good to great at anything. But they had him at right back. He's not a right back. And Crystal Palace has uh, Zaha, who is a very uh, talented athletic winger. And he would just get the ball and run at James Milner. And I almost had a heart attack every time. It resulted in (laughs) two of the three goals. And that caused a a lot of heartache for me. But Liverpool ended up getting the win, continuing to lead the league uh, there. So it was a win. But it 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 could have been it could have been smoother. A little bit of break till the next Liverpool uh, game. Marlo, they play uh, Leicester City Wednesday the thirtieth, so ten days off. There's a little bit of a break this weekend. Um, but still there, still chugging along, still in first place. <sighs> Crazy to say, but that's where we are. All right, congratulations, first place, good place to be. I did. I did see some advertisements for the uh, Women's World Cup. Getting a little Uh-oh. excited for it. Oh. Although I should say, uh, the U.S. had a friendly against France. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team against France got walloped three to zero. Oh, so not insane. the kind of uh, performance you would expect leading into a, a World Cup game. Uh, hopefully, it's just an aberration, not a sign of things to come. Um, but I don't know. It puts a little doubt. You know, normally in the back of my head, I think. You know, the teams we normally bring to the World Cup, the way we normally perform at the world stage uh, for the women's national team, I just kind of, I guess I'm, I take it a little bit for granted. Uh, now I have uh, a little bit of doubt going into uh, into the World Cup. We'll see if they have, they have a couple more, I think, performances before the World Cup, obviously this summer. Um, so hopefully they can kind of uh, realign my confidence um, and, and figure out whatever the hell happened against France. Is uh, J.J. Watt's girlfriend on the national team? Sure. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> okay. And Zach, Zach Ertz's wife still on the national team, right? Come on, Casey. I don't, You're supposed to know, I don't know. Who are they? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, well I, know the, I know them as individuals, not as girlfriends. Of, sorry. Sorry. Of, um, of the men that they happen to be dating. Okay, well, I know him as the men, as the women that happen to be dating. So, <laughs> so I really, really no, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Okay, all right. Well, we'll get stats department on that. Yeah. Uh, but as far once they're done researching, what were they researching last time? I forgot. Sh- it's been so long they didn't come up with any results. Yeah. And they're still researching that. Oh well. Oh well. It's a good effort by them. We'll we'll reassign them. All right. All right. You got any more? I don't think so, Marlon. I think that was, uh, that was quite enough for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As always, it was a pleasure. Uh, another episode in the books. As always, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at 132Breeze. Follow Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Myself at MarloJR. That is all I got. Casey, you got any last words? As Marlon said, like, comment, subscribe. I know it is. Uh, it might be uh, repetitive for us to uh, repeat that, but it does really help a lot. Uh, help spread our hopefully entertaining words. Um, but as always, all our fellow fans, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports. <laughs>